What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So tonight, yet again, another special episode back in the studio in WZBC. Have two returning guests on the show. We got Dan the Man. He's the king of Hasbro Heights. He was on the show in December, came on with Ryan Hosey, Mark Walsh, Jacob Curry, came on with all of them to talk everything sports. He's coming back on. This is his second appearance on the show, I believe. Yep. And then we have Dylan Riley, New York Giants super fan, New York Yankees super fan as well. Can't forget. In the studio to talk all things baseball. We're going to talk all MLB tonight with obviously opening day starting on Thursday. Dylan was here just about a few weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago, and then you were here for the Giants play. This is his yeah. third, third, appearance, third appearance, Dan's second appearance. So two usual guests now on the show coming in for a second and a third time. So how are we doing, Dan? How are we doing, Dylan? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Can't complain. I'm the best radio show in, uh, oh. in the Northeast. Wow. <laughs> what a compliment. What a compliment. Well, it's even better now having you guys in us. So I appreciate it. Thank you guys for taking the time. Psyched to talk everything baseball with you guys. So we'll start off. We're going to go by division. We're going to start off. We're going to do mostly just American League divisions. Probably won't talk many NL League uh, you know, divisions, but we will talk about the New York Mets. That'll be a big segment. So it'll be start of the AL Central. We'll break down each team there, talk about them, and give our thoughts. Then go to the AL West. A lot to talk about there, which you just broke down before we got on air. We're going to talk a lot about the Angels. Obviously, I'm a big Otani Trout fan. I actually have <laughs> high high uh, predictions for them coming into this season, unlike probably most. But uh, Nowhere which, to go but up. Exactly. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up is right for that franchise. And then we'll dive into the AL East a ton, Red Sox, Yankees, and then obviously get into the Mets. The Mets had a very uh, active offseason, probably the most active in, the, all, in all of the MLB. So, love that, love that. A lot to talk about there. So we'll start off. AL Central, what team are we going to start off with? I'll let you guys pick and then we'll dive in. Uh, I think we should get the Tigers out of the way. <laughs> okay, there's very yeah. little to say. Like we were just saying, there's very little to say about them. Yeah, uh, I'm, let's start with them. Tigers finished, I think, last. Dead last, yeah. It was dead <laughs> last. Them and the Royals were in a dead heat for worst team in they the were division. One game ahead. Second to last. Second to last. One go. game ahead okay. the Royals. There you Fourth go. in the division. Uh, they didn't add anyone in the off season besides uh, pitcher Michael Lorenzen, and they some fire kicks though fire kicks. That's true. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that does count. That's a good point. That does count. Um, you guys are wondering. It does. And that's all there is really to say about them. They're projected to be second to last in the division again because of the Royals equal. Yeah. Uh, I still mind. Yeah. I guess uh, they're tanking. I would say yeah. that, too. Which I don't mind, actually, some players in that lineup. I actually am a fan of uh, Miguel Cabrera. He's, he's old, but he yeah, still can line. hit, like, 250, 260. Uh, yeah. Is he he's not playing? He's still playing, yeah. One I more year. Was... This will be it from. This will be his final God season bless. in the MLB. Um, Jonathan Scope, I've actually always been a big fan of. He took a step down over the yeah, last couple yeah, years, yeah. but he's still a good player. I like him. And then Eduardo Rodriguez, former Red Sox. Yep. yep. He's yeah, actually he's, the number one. So, I mean, it is interesting. Coming back from injury. Their, their rotation... Is pretty good. I mean, yeah, Matthew Boyd's actually solid, right? Lefty, yeah, lefty. And last year, I mean, they they had, I think, their rotation in wins above replacement was in the top half of the league. Uh, but they did have, like, by far the worst offense. Offense, yeah, could not hit, could not hit. And it's only going to be worse this year, probably. Seems like they didn't add any bats. I mean, Javi Baez, Dan was a big fan of him couple yeah. years ago, he was on the Mets, and I even said to Dan, I thought he got paid too much. It worked out for you guys not paying him, obviously. Yeah, so. it did, it did, but I mean, he shows so much heart out there on the field with those crazy slides, crazy plays in the field, um, and then just has so much energy when he's hitting the ball. It's 
the strikeouts are so tough, and you hate seeing that as a fan, but also just the energy that he brought with Lindor, I loved for the short... Yeah. The, <laughs> both of them were hurt at the same time, so it was... <laughs> they Those really, few games they played... They, <laughs> yes, yes. They had a lot of swagger together. Very few games on the field together, but when they were both out there, man, it was fun to watch them. Yeah. Um, but McNeil has been doing much better in the last two years, so can't really complain there. But uh, I saw that the Tigers lost Fulmer. Yeah. Um, they did. He went somewhere geez. else in free agency, right? I mean, uh, way to go. Yeah, Atlanta was it? Or? Chicago. Chicago. Um, I like him because I mean he's former Met prospect uh, in the oh, in the uh, in the OG uh, uh, Cespedes deal. Um, Ancient history. He was he was a great prospect uh, coming up, and then in the pros he started out very well as a starter but then I think he got hurt and now he's just been exclusively a reliever and he's done well in that role too I wanted the wanted the Mets to get him but he was traded the deadline to Minnesota I mean yeah, yeah. That was a shot for trigger. Um, one guy in that lineup though it is a good piece which we feel to mention which I see now in the projected lineup Riley Green had a really hot spring training former first round true. pick fifth overall in 2019 four home runs in spring training batting 308 52 at bats 960 OPS so he's probably the only real big bird spot yes. in the lineup yeah. among other pieces I mean Miguel Cabrera is long past his prime but yeah. he's a serviceable number six I guess batter in your lineup and we should mention Torkelson Torkelson's Torkel- a stud Torkelson did a debut last year and was disappointing but I think uh, there's good reason to think he'll turn around and at least be a decent contributor this year. We're yeah, struggling with home to, runs, yeah. Where do you go to school? Torgerson went to... It was a big school. I said, like, Arizona State or something, but... I can look right here. It was a big school. Um, right but he had, like, a ton of homers. I remember he had, like, 35 homers Michigan. or something. I think it's Michigan. Really? No, it's on Michigan. Arizona State, you drove it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know stuff. You beast. Stuff. You animal. <laughs> I mean, hey, it was first overall pick in 2022. It's another first overall right, pick in that yeah, lineup. Exactly. They have a good amount. Um, and then another guy in the lineup who's the projected actually starting center fielder and, and leadoff hitter, Matt Veiling, two home runs this week training, hit 330 at-bats. So small sample size, but, I mean, I guess some young yeah. talent in there considering most guys in the lineup besides Miguel Cabrera and Scope are on the younger side. I guess Javi yeah. Baez is a little older, but Green, Veerling, Torkelson, all younger. So Yeah, I'm young sure some pieces. of them will grow. Definitely. I mean, yeah, they're going to be probably tough for another couple of years. Yeah. Not a good team. But the building for the future, obviously, and that's kind of, especially in the MLB nowadays, there's not really as much tanking as around other sports, but you can build a farm system through the draft. You yeah. can draft well. So, Well, there's some teams tanking, and there's some teams just not competing. And then you got but the Cincinnati Reds that just don't well, even want to be they, an MLB they, team. Yeah, but we'll get to them. <laughs> we'll dive into them, which last time Dylan was on, we, we said we're going to have him come on and talk. Baseball, and I said, we'll talk Cincinnati Reds. You said we could have a whole episode of the Cincinnati Reds. We'll do them. And then we'll have to Them in Pittsburgh will be like a double episode. We might have to, yeah. We could spend a couple hours talking about how poor those franchises have, you know, been running the, uh, managing themselves. But anyways. That's, that's the Detroit Tigers. Not really much expectations for them out of any of the three of us. Um, but I guess some bright pieces and, you know, young guys to build around Green and I guess Torkelson, they can hope, you know, yeah. turn their... You, you uh, could see them You could see them being good in a few years. Hopefully help them turn their franchise around. And then Eduardo Rodriguez obviously had myocarditis. He had COVID actually in 2021, I think it was, when he was at the Red Sox. Or no, it was 2022 with uh, the Tigers and then missed most of last season. Uh, it was, you know, a good Red Sox start off for some years and ended up having some medical issues and didn't really play much last year for them. He only played 17 starts he only had with them, so... Yeah. Uh, He's a stud. Yeah, he was good for them. And has a one four seven and five, one four seven ERA in five games of spring training. So, I mean, hey, some of the stats actually are pretty good in spring training. I know it's a small sample size, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, not really much expectations from any of us um, with them. So, that's the Tigers. Anything else to add on them? 
I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Not really much to say. I mean, yeah, we did get actually a good three or four minutes on, which is yeah. impressive. Uh, we'll dive into, I guess, the next team that's just as bad, but Royals, I guess a little better, the Royals. Yes, it's got to be the Royals. The Royals. We'll start there with them. Um, they still have one of the best catches in the league. Salvador Perez still a yes. stud. Mm-hmm. One of the best power hitters still in base. I think he had around 40 home runs last year. He's still actually really good. Uh, even though he's battled injuries probably two of the last five or six years, still a good player when he's on the field. And they did add Fernando Reyes, which you were talking about you know, right before he's we got on the Yeah, <laughs> they did add him. That's, that's I, have, a five I, have, I have a personal vendetta against Fernando Reyes because I had fantasy. him in fantasy last year, fantasy. and he was literally worth negative points as a DH, which is hard to do. You have to strike out a lot for that to happen. <laughs> Obviously, there was a year he was good. Yeah, it was 2021. He had 30 home runs. He was right. pretty good. He fooled me. 37 in 2019. <laughs> he yeah. fooled me. He did, yeah. He only had 14 uh, home runs. Your boy, JBJ. JBJ, JBJ. yeah. He he actually made the roster, too, which I'm I'm really happy about. He uh, obviously has been a journeyman now in the MLB from the Red Sox and the Brewers back to the Red Sox, getting cut by the Red Sox, and now Kansas City Royals. So hoping things work out for JBJ. Um, He's batting eighth in the lineup projected, but still one of the best fields in baseball. I would put him in the lineup every day, even though he can't hit, which consistently he can't hit. He can actually go on hot streaks. I'm not saying he's great and he's going to be looking like – you know, uh, Jose Altuve hit three thirty, but he can go on hot streaks and hit three hundred for a ten game stretch and play great defense, and, and then he's gonna have those one eighty stretches too. I think now, but, I think now more than more than you, in years past, you got to be able to contribute offensively as a center fielder. Definitely, like yeah. defense isn't enough. I feel like, and I don't way. even think he's playing center, is he? Right field, yeah, right field. Yeah, they have, uh, especially as a right fielder. Center. You got. Uh, they don't have anyone yeah. better, but that is. I mean, he has a great Royals, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's fine on the Royals, I guess. I mean, I would take him as a depth piece just on the bench. I mean, he's still great defensively, but as you said, yeah, you need, you need to be able to hit offensively. Um, so in the offseason, they added Jordan Lyles from the Orioles. Yep. They added Yarbrough from... The Rays. The Rays. Ryan Yarbrough, yeah. Yeah, and they added Roldis Chapman. Chapman, your boy. Yeah. yeah. Big chapter about Chapman when you talk. Hopefully he doesn't add any more tattoos. Right. (laughs) Uh, Jordan Miles was a solid starter last year. Uh, I think he'll probably be solid again. uh, Yeah, he's at number two. They have him at two. I I mean, Granky is getting it. It's a legacy. Granky's about 37, probably 38. Granky's up there in age. 39. Wow, even older. I mean, obvious Hall of Famer, so I don't, you know, if he won't, they can let him be their number one starter as long as they want. Whatever. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I mean, considering they're a team going really nowhere, probably. Right, probably. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, uh, Singer will get a step up there. Yeah, Singer, I mean, he's he's got a lot of potential. And he struggled last year, didn't he, though? I think it was his rookie year, right? Was his rookie yeah, year? Yeah, he was just, uh, he was inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, he had some was, great yeah. starts. I think he was with Team USA. 3 2 3 ERA, actually, overall. Pretty good season, actually. I think he, I think he was just. He probably with was team inconsistent, USA. that's what it was. Uh, in the World Baseball Classic. Wow. Yeah, it was on the team, yeah. He's going into now his fourth season, but as only. Well as, uh, um, Bobby Witt. Bobby yeah, Witt Jr., yeah. Bobby well. Witt Jr., so too. That's, that's a, another guy you can talk about. I was going to say, there's... I think it was good last year, 3-2-3 three, three, year, right? There's two guys in the lineup that I'd say are really possible standouts. It's Bobby Witt, who was excellent offensively last year, but also by far the worst defensive shortstop in the league. <laughs> a lot of errors, yeah. So, you hope that, I mean, last year was his rookie year. You hope that he could be just bad at defense, and he would be, like, their best player. Because yeah. he's an excellent hitter. And if he can be even, like, halfway decent on defense as a shortstop, he'll be an all-star. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of times what happens with these shortstops coming up, it's they focus a lot on one area, like, coming up, and it's very difficult to perfect both areas right away in yeah. majors. Um, you saw it with Glaber. He had the offense, and the defense was just not there. Just did not track, and now he's second baseman, and 
I don't think the Yankees will ever again try him at short. So no, no definitely not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with you there, though. Some guys do get. I wouldn't say it's rushed. Sometimes, sometimes they just you know are working on one thing, like you said. And yeah. that's a high thing yeah, about being the, a guy like Torres, right? He's, yeah. They yeah, put him at second and um, short. You ever get? I don't think he ever got time at third, but he was split time between the yeah, two. When uh, Ahmed Rosario came up with the Mets, he was supposed to be top tier defense and top tier offense, and the defense was all right at first, and then he picked up the offense, and then the defense fell off a cliff. So it's it's with these shortstops, you never know what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like, look at Sammy, and he was like the worst shortstop by far. They move him to second, and then he's fine. So it's like, yeah, and you're right. To the yeah. second, so. And he still gets paid as much money as he would. <laughs> I mean, even if he's the worst defensive shortstop, he's going to get the money because yes, of his offensive ability. Which, um, one other guy in the lineup, though, Salvador Perez, like we mentioned, 23 home runs last year, did miss 48 games. The year before, 2021, 48 home runs. Yes. So he is capable of that. Record. Probably won't have 40 again, I'd imagine, but maybe 30, 35 would be good for that and, lineup. Yeah, I mean. Even if he's thirty two years old. Yeah, even if he performs at the same level as last year, he'd be one of the most valuable catchers in the league. Definitely. Because he's a pretty I mean Defensively he's, he's got a good he's arm too. Solid. Yeah. And uh yeah, he's definitely great for the clubhouse with those you know, Oh, guys. for sure. Definitely. And uh Vinny Pasquantino. Yeah. A team that's Italy legend. That's their fourth. Uh is a solid major leaguer. He's young. A lot of room yeah. to improve. Uh yeah, I don't know too much about him last year. I mean, I, besides when the Red Sox played the Royals, I don't really follow him too much. But yeah. 295 batting average last year, 833 OPS, 10 home runs, 258 at-bats. Yeah. Probably only played about half the season, it looked like. 72 games, so just about yeah, half, so. a little less than half. But uh, another young piece, he's projected fourth in that lineup, and what did he hit in spring training? 217 in spring training, but only 23 ABs. So, as I said, small sample size. Which the Red Sox spring training, they were 10-0 at one point, and 9-0, then they finished 14-14. So <laughs> spring training doesn't mean too much. Uh, but at the end of the day, small sample size, you know, hopefully some of these guys get back on track, yeah, especially the teams that aren't going Last year, uh, Dom Smith hit, like, 330 in, like, eight home runs in spring training. And then, and it, then he won the MVP. That is the best player in baseball. Nope. <laughs> do, do you guys end up, what, DFAing him, right, or something? Uh, or trading him. You traded him, right, for... So, no, so first... Um, no, we DFA'd Cano. Because, That's what it was. Um, we had to choose between keeping Dom Smith or Cano. And we decided to roll with Dom Smith because he had like a four for five game, had like four ribbies. Yeah. Play a couple positions too. Before the cutoff, we decided to cut Cano, which honestly was a good decision because he also stunk. Um, and then Dom Smith never really figured it out. Um, last year, we had him in the, in the minors for three months and even when there was a spot for him in the majors we didn't call him up and he was free agent we non-tendered him and i think he signed with the nationals nationals yep nationals <laughs> they all actually have a spot at, uh, uh, yeah at first base for him so. definitely another team that's you know struggling obviously trying to rebuild so we're talking about a lot of rebuild teams huh we haven't gotten to the reds yet a lot of rebuilding the reds could be a different episode like you yeah. said you can talk all day about that team and the pirates but as for uh, the Royals, though, yeah, there's a couple young pieces on that team. Obviously, Bobby Witt Jr., another first-round pick. A lot of guys in this, you know, on, the, on these teams that are rebuilding have a lot of first-round picks that are high draft picks because, they, yeah. you know, obviously we're struggling. And if these guys pan out, obviously it'd be a good building piece of the future. But Witt did struggle. Uh, you know, he was actually decent the first few weeks of last season and then struggled towards the middle of the season at both the end. I'm not sure if he finished, uh, you know, his batting after the season. But um, defensively, obviously, like you said, was not great at all. And then... Offensively, he finished the season, 254, 20 home runs, though, which is pretty good. Yeah. But I thought the first week or two of the season, I think he started hot, if I remember right. He did. Yeah. He was hot, and then Seiya Suzuki was, was great Say, the first week yeah, or two of the season, too. Yeah, another guy, you know, another piece on a 
team that's you know, rebuilding the Cubs. But um, anything to add about the Royals, though? I think that's basically it. Um, actually, what I will say is they're in a worse place than the Tigers. The Tigers have a much better farm system. The Royals do not. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of going beyond this. Uh, they won't be good le- next year, obviously. So I mean, they don't really spend much money either, neither one of those teams. I mean, no. the Royals, the Tigers do have a couple of big contracts. Miguel Cabrera got that big contract yeah. years ago. Um, I th- he might even got a one yet. I think he's finishing out his contract. I think that's what it is. Then he's retiring. Um, and then obviously Javi Baez got that big deal. Eduardo Rodriguez got decent money. If a team doesn't really want to spend money, the Tigers gave him decent money. They were spending money with Dave Dombrowski. Once Dombrowski left, mm-hmm. they started mm-hmm. doing that. We're not going to spend any money. But the Royals really don't spend on anyone for the yeah. most part. Uh, uh, off the top of my head, I don't think they have anyone besides Perry Seven or Perez making over. And Granky. And Gran- think, Granky, well, yeah. But he just re-signed a new deal, which was like nothing, so. I'm sure Perez probably makes probably the most of the team, yeah. I imagine, off the top of the head. Oh. But uh, besides that, yeah, there's no one on that team gets paid. So a lot of rebuilding teams that, you know, aren't spending money. But if they were to, I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe, you know, change that luck. They're probably paying uh, Ken Griffey as well, so. <laughs> 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 hey, the Reds still are. He's the third highest paid player, so that's impressive. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um, next team, AL Center. What do we got? Uh, what the Twins? I don't know. Twins or Guardians? We could do Twins. twins. Start, start with the Twins. I'm with it. That's actually a lineup I actually like. I actually do <laughs> like the Twins lineup. It's interesting. They, they Joey got Gallo lead off. <laughs> yeah. They, Joey Gallo. They, 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 I'll First say this. baseman, Joey Gallo. <laughs> not the best lineup. I'm not saying it's the best lineup of baseball. But there are some pieces in that lineup. Like Michael A. Taylor, solid center fielder. I actually like his offensive production. I actually took him a lot. And I don't know if you guys know MLB beat the streak, pick a play to get hit oh, every yeah. day. Oh, yeah. so he, he probably hit about 230 or 240 like a couple years ago. But every time I picked him, he was money. I was like eight for eight with the guy. Really? Like every other night I'd pick him. Like every other three nights I'd pick him. He'd get mm-hmm. hits. He was money for me. He was with the Nationals for a World Series, right? Yeah, I think he, he was there. Decently right? long time, yeah. probably around like five years or so. And he's an absolute jet. So he's probably a very good center fielder for him. I haven't really seen him in the last two years or so. Decent center fielder. Um, he's got a decent glove. But, yeah, he's an absolute jet. Uh, they have some good players. Um, it is an interesting lineup with Joey Gallo betting leadoff. This This is MLB, you know, uh, .com's projections here. But Joey Gallo betting leadoff is interesting. Uh, Correa, <laughs> though, obviously, which I'll let Dan talk about Correa. Dan, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Carlos Correa? Obviously, there was yeah. the rumor he was going to be in New York Met, which I actually think it works out for you guys. I do think if if there were to be a chance that – Otani were to leave the West Coast. I think he's probably going to stay in the West Coast if he were to. Mm-hmm. That frees up money that you could obviously you could blow the bank on him and give him anything he wants. And also, Correa did come with a lot of headaches, obviously, with the medical issues. And if two teams were against signing him because of it, something must have been up there. Yeah, I mean, it's from a franchise uh, perspective, it's probably good that they didn't get Correa because they have Brett Beatty, a top 20 prospect in the MLB right now, um, waiting in the wings in AAA. We thought... Many fans thought that he was going to be called up to start the year, but it'll probably take about a month or so. They want him to get a little bit better defensively. Um, so we're rolling with Eduardo Escobar at third. Um, but in terms of Correa, I I think it was a good move in the end not signing him, but it's just so deflating as fans to think, yeah, we're getting top three or four third basemen uh, in the league, and never mind. Uh, yeah. It just takes the, takes the win there yourselves. Um, right there, especially after like the crazy off season that the Mets had, the last thing that you remember is that we almost got Correa but didn't. So probably a good move, but it just it just stinks as a as a Met fan to knock out him. Yeah. I would agree. You're very high on Beatty, so you'd want Beatty to be in that lineup. Obviously. Yeah, and Beatty's smooth swings. I was gonna say obviously yeah. Beatty's a top prospect, so if you have him coming up, he'd have to play a different position if you have Correa or third, right? So yeah, they were thinking about him and left, and even Beatty said like, "Yeah, I'd absolutely play left when it looked like the Mets that were uh, were getting Correa." But 
Don't really have to worry about that now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a two-week process, right, of, you know, if he's going to yeah. sign it out with the yeah. Giants, then the Mets, and... I, I think if you add in the time with the Giants, it turned into, like, a month-long thing. <laughs> it was. It was a full month. Which... which I'll, I'll, I'll find the breakdown. It was, very, it was very silly. I think the Mets made the right move. I, with a guy like, like... If you have any questions about the health of a, an infielder, you can't sign him to a 10-year deal. Yeah. It's like... Definitely. Yeah, I mean, there were two teams that were against it. It wasn't like it was yeah. just you guys. There were two teams, and obviously that's, that's part of the issue. But here's the timeline. November 7th, he opted out of his deal with the Twins. December 13th, he agreed to a 13-year, $350 million deal with the Giants. So just about a month and change later. Eight days later, he agrees to a 12-year deal with the Mets, $315 million. So December 13th, Giants. December 21st, Mets gets even, uh, I think it was more money per year, right? A little bit more, yeah. A little bit more per year, but less, you know, overall. Then January 10th, signed a six-year, $200 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. So just about less than a month, December 13th and January 10th, three different organizations, which is nuts. Yes. Which is nuts. But I think if you look at it in the long run, I, I, I've been reading over the last year or so that uh, Cohen, Steve Cohen, the, the Mets owner, really wants Otani, so there'd, there'd be a chance you guys would go and get him. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if he wants to go to the East Coast. That's the only thing. But if he were to, I'd give you guys the betting favorite. I'd go if you go to the Yankees at two. Yeah, I mean, I would have I would have supported a deal – um, even more than 200 for six years. Um, just because, I mean, I hate these deals that are, oh, like 15 years for 400 million because then you're on the hook for when this player is 42 or whatever. Yeah. So I think if they were to give him you seven want, years. You don't want a Carlos Correa day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would be a legit thing. With a 13 year deal, it would have been. Yeah. Uh, definitely a twelve year because he's. Yeah. I mean, the doctors are saying what his knees. You know, they are his leg. They only had constant about seven years or something. Six they, or seven years. The doctor said something. They didn't like publicly say what it was. And I they guess didn't they say won't. It. But like they said that something about it was concerning. If it was concerning to two franchises, I think that's because mm-hmm. clearly you guys, it was serious. It was, it, it was his ankle. Ankle was um, it? Yeah. He had surgery on it back in like twenty fourteen in the minors. Um, right, yeah. It was like around the time when he was still in the minors, I think, um, and. Even though he never really missed time from it in the majors yet, he's had a few instances where like he was like wincing and stuff, like sliding at the bases and the physical. Um, looking at the impact of the surgery, some doctors were concerned that it could de- very well be a problem in the next few years. Definitely. Um, and if not in the next few years, then definitely when he's thirty six. So. That's why six was the gap. I think. I think mm-hmm. six was the was the most the Mets were going to go. Right? Mm-hmm. Didn't you guys go for like a thirteen year deal or twelve year deal to six I, or seven? I think something? we made an offer similar to what the Twins did, maybe like one or two more years, but with a lot of contingencies. With like, if he missed a certain number of games, there were opt outs available for yeah. the Mets. That's why they um, think he was going to last seven years or eight years. And I yeah. think the Twins just gave him straight. Six for two hundred, yeah. no contingencies. So, well, look at that team. They're not really paying many guys besides Byron Buxton got that big deal. That's about yeah. it, really. Um, yeah, I think it's a good move for them. Yeah, uh, just to talk about the lineup. Yeah, just yeah. to well, just to recap their offseason moves. Uh, they added Christian Vasquez, former Red Sox. They traded for Pablo Lopez from the Marlins, they which was sent, a good trade actually. I didn't mind. It was an, it was a very interesting trade. Uh, they Arise. traded Arias, the best yeah. contact hitter in the league. Uh, they traded away Gio Urshela, who was starting uh, at third for them. That one um, out of Angel. Yes. Although, they have like three third basemen on the roster. The so. Angels, yeah, Rendon and Urshela, Urshela, yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they do. It, yeah. So, um, they re-signed Correa, like we were just saying. And then, not a free agency move, but uh, their pitcher, Kenta Maeda, is going to be returning from arm surgery. Fully healthy, supposed to be, right? So, so they good. say. We'll see. 
he's another guy that's been, which we, before we got on air, a couple of guys that, you know, get paydays or go to different teams when they were successful and yeah. whether it be LA or somewhere else, they go and get some money. We mentioned a couple of guys, Ryu on the Blue Jays, mentioned Jose uh, Barrios on the, you know, going from the Twins to the Blue Jays. We mentioned multiple guys that, you know, went from team yes. to team that were great, had injuries and then just never really found out. <laughs> my is another, another thing. Yes, yeah. you're right. My head is another example. Um, Sonny Gray's ex projected their number two starter, uh, according to MLB.com. I do like Pablo Lopez, though, only 27 years old, 375 ERA last year, 10 and 10 record in Miami. I think the interesting thing with that Arise trade is they probably were just looking at their lineup saying, what's more of a need right now? Which yeah. Arise probably get paid in a couple of years. He's, you know, oh, yeah. it's, he'll get paid because, as you said, the best contact in baseball. They probably said, let's go get a younger pitcher. And 27 is not crazy young, but it's still considering they yeah. Sonny Gray, who's over 30 yeah and by eight who's over 30 they probably should have you know went to get you're probably good enough for them to go get a younger pitcher yeah i mean rise is a very very good player but um it looks like they were a little bit expendable at third base at the corner positions um and also at the same time since Pablo lopez was from the marlins all i know is how the mets handled him and they absolutely blew him out of the water he is nowhere close to alcantara's talent so no, he's like a three starter. Yeah, I like him. They, they, he's, they, a, he's a good him, pitcher. They yeah, have him listed at number one. So a lot of these are if, one. If but he is, a two or three, if he yeah. is their true number one, then it's a little bit tough, and yeah. I don't know how they're going to match up against a team like the Yankees or Astros with mm-hmm. with such worse pitching. But that's uh, yeah, we'll see how they do. <laughs> that's I mean, you look at their their lineup and it is solid, but like their pitching is. Just it's yeah, it's tough. Good. Taylor Molly, I mean, they traded from what last year. I think they traded yeah, for the deadline. Yeah, yeah I traded for the deadline. Um, Sonny Gray's thirty three years old. He's up there in age. Yeah, my eight. I don't even know how old he is. Coming off I'd imagine he's thirty five. Just yeah. a guess, but I'd imagine at least thirty five, thirty six, thirty four. Uh, only pitched twenty one games in twenty twenty or twenty 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 one. He played twenty one games and obviously missed all twenty twenty two. And wasn't great. Was not great. Four six six ERA in twenty twenty one. But the year before that, two seven ERA. For Minnesota, if they got him from the Dodgers, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lot of guys in that lineup or in that rotation, I should say, are on the back ends of their career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, Lopez is probably their best pitcher, and also the pitcher with the most upside, just given his age. Age. I mean, Gray's thirty three at a three oh eight ERA last eight five record, but he is thirty three years old and has had injuries yeah. too. So I don't mind the Lopez trade. I think you know Rise is going to get himself some money at some point. So yeah, that might be possible. I think it was a smart trade. Just the Twins have a lot of deficiencies. Yeah, even with that trade. It's an interesting lineup, though. Byron Buxton's a stud if he can stay on the field. Oh, yeah. More than, yeah. well, if he can play 120 <laughs> games, that's a win. Him and Correa, it's like the, the question is health. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, Buxton played what last year? Let's see how many games. I, gun to my head, I'd say 100. That's just a guess here. <laughs> 92. Nine, wow. He hasn't played over 100 games more than once in his career. That's since 2015 to 2022. He's only played over 100 games once, yeah, man, which is he, nuts. If he stays healthy, I think he could absolutely be a top 10 player in the league, but yeah. he just. Hasn't. I mean, you look at his stats, 28 home runs in 92 games. He's, That's nuts. He's like a Hall of Fame talent. Mind you, ridiculous. mind you, like eight of those games, you probably got only one at bat in and then came out because yeah. of injury. Because <laughs> he comes out every game injured. Like, I, mean, like, I mean, there were games where they legitimately <laughs> just pinch hit him. Like, Even when he was hurt because he's like, yeah. you have a chance of going long. I mean, he has a, you know, 98 home runs in his career and has only played 585 games. So impressive. As I said, a lot of those games were games he was, you know, either hurt or got hurt, you know. Mid game, um, and he also stole. He used to be a base there, which he stopped doing that over the last few years. He went from yeah. twenty nine stolen base in twenty seventeen, 
And over the last three years, just 17 uh, stolen bases between 2020 and 2022. Yeah. Injury risk, obviously, that's probably part of it. But, yeah, like you said, he could honestly be a top-ten player in baseball. That was another first-round pick, right? Yeah, second-overall pick in 2012. So, a lot of these teams, I mean, you know. Yeah, 2012. 2012. Jeez. I mean, he was, he was a top prospect. They had oh, yeah. for a couple, two or three years. He oh, was yeah. two or three. Uh, I think, then I think he was one right before he got up. But yeah, I think they'll be a playoff team, but probably not. Probably not really gunning for anything. Yeah, I would agree there. Yeah. Um, so that's the Astros. Anything else? To, I mean, not the Astros. That's we will get to the Astros, but that's the Twins. Anything else to add on them? Let's see what Joey Gallo can do at the lead. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Quite a leadoff. Joey guy. Gallo comeback season. First base and leadoff. Gotta love to see it. I mean, love the shift, the the with the no band shift, is shift really it won't really help them. It'll help them. There'll be like Alex Verdugo is actually going to be hitting like three hundred now, one hundred percent. The amount of times he hits in the shift every game is nuts. I think his expected bat expected batting average last year was like two ninety five or something at one point in the season. When I was doing my podcast on summer, he was projected like two ninety five, and his real batting average was like two thirty because the amount of times he hit in the shift it was he had like I think yeah. top five in baseball between the expected batting average and actual batting yeah. average because how unlucky he was hitting to the shift. Yeah. Joey Gallo just suddenly hits three thirty. <laughs> Imagine. I thought it was going to be better on the Dodgers. Then he went there and was brutal. But guys go to the Dodgers and find their careers. I think my dad would throw the TV into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Want to move on to the White Sox? Yes, White Sox. Let's hit them. Uh, White Sox, interesting team yet again. Another team that's had expectations over the last few years. The Twins last year, teams had expectations for going to yeah. season, at least somewhat. Well, they signed Correa. They had a better lineup going into last year. And then, yet again, same thing every single year. Not enough pitching and injuries. The White Sox will actually have an interesting rotation. A pretty good rotation. Very good rotation. Cease, Beast, Lynn, Giolito, Clevenger, Kopech. Kopech, me and Dan were talking about earlier today. Former Red Sox prospect. He was top five in the Red yeah. Sox farm. So top three, I think, when they traded him. He was a top MLB prospect when we traded Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Or traded for Chris Sale. Traded him for Chris Sale. Uh, interesting lineup, though. Elvis Andrus being their nine-hitter, I Want him in the Red Sox. Andrews has always been a, a good player. I want him as a yeah. Red Sox. Uh, I wanted him to be our second baseman. We didn't have one at one point, but ended up you know not signing him. He ends up going to Chicago, being their now nine hitter, being the starting second baseman. Andrew Benintendi, probably the biggest ad in the offseason, or one of them. They got Clevenger as well. I consider Benintendi were a bigger ad. I don't know, but I would I would agree. I mean, their rotation is pretty good. I'll let you talk about their rotation. I know both of you guys are yeah. offensive players. Of, you know, in that rotation, I know Dan's a big Seas uh, guy, so I'll let you talk about him. I mean, Cease, uh, don't, not to jump ahead, but I mean, he was a Cy Young, right? Yeah, yeah. He ended up being, what, like top three? Yeah, he was a candidate. As a yeah. reliever, like... 2-2 ERA last year, 14-8 record. 227 strikes, 184 ratings. Pretty good margins there. Right, I mean... Pretty good margins. Yeah, he has an absolutely elite curveball. Um, and they they just have a lot of guys with a lot of talent in that rotation. I mean, Cease obviously showed it last year, and... I love Kopech as a starter. Oh, yeah. um, he just absolutely elite fastball. 100, um, but he just got yeah, so healthy. It's just yeah. he's like the right-handed uh, Chris Sale. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if, he <laughs> could, if he could figure that out a little bit more, I mean, he's kind of like the Grom in that sense, I guess, because yeah. some of these guys that, gas, just, yeah. that just absolutely pump 100 miles an hour every single pitch, they just can't stay healthy. So if somehow the trainers can figure out some new program for him to keep him on the field – this team could very much be better than that 500 record they had last year, which was a total bust season for them. Yeah. Also, yeah. they got rid of, we have to mention, they did get rid of Tony Larusa. And yes, when, when he took a step radio. back in the middle of the season, they immediately, I mean, I think they had a winning record. They got better. They did without better, yeah. him at manager. So that's yeah. that's definitely going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, he's not a player's coach, really. He's more of a, you know, he's more hard-nosed and 
not really going to be in the players. You know, he was talking about you know how how's the day going and well, clear, how's, how's your family what, doing? Whatever. He's yeah, really what, hot. Whatever his strengths were, I mean, he's clearly uh, over the hill at this point. He shouldn't, yeah, he's he done. shouldn't be managing. Still, yeah. still, Hoffman had coach be uh, of course. Manager, but he, yes. yeah, he's not. He's not a great manager anymore. But they say though he's really strict and. Typically, we get on the players' ears about you know them struggling, and then you lose the player if you're yelling at them yeah. constantly. You lose them. Uh, one guy that went in their rotation was their best pitcher before last season, heading into last year, was Giolito, and he actually fell apart a little last year. Four yeah. nine ERA, eleven nine record, same win loss record as he had in 2021, but three five three ERA in 2021 to four nine yeah. in 2022. Yeah. A lot of those, I, I would say, probably had to do with it was walks. I think his walks did go up. It did go up by nine, which. Nine more walks in 17 less innings. He was walking, guys. I don't really – I didn't watch the whole season, so I was really only looking at stats for the most part. But he pitched against the Red Sox, though, wasn't really that great. He was great against the Red Sox 2021, but if I remember in 2022, he didn't do that well. I I wonder if uh, Spider Attack has has something to do with his – fall off because that's around that that is that is a possibility 272 batting average he allowed to bat opponents last year 2020 184 2021 219 great point that's that's impressive you're right Mm -hmm. and with more walks obviously being a part of it losing control less innings even too i mean he's you know not staying in games because he's giving up seven Mm -hmm. runs in the first three innings he's not staying in games anymore which i had him in fantasy two years ago and he was great so I was a fan of him then, and you know, <laughs> luckily didn't have him last year. So that's good. <laughs> that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, everyone, every pitcher in their rotation is good. Like, could be the could one pot- on Red could Sox poten- could potentially be like a, a two or a three on another team. Yeah. Like, on you guys' uh, rotations, Yankees and Mets would not be probably a one or two in your teams. The Red Sox, they'd probably have oh, ones and twos. Yeah. I mean, where's <laughs> uh, carrying it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James Paxton's our one. Let's go. No, it's actually uh, Corey Kluber's our opening day starter. So we'll see how that goes. Former Yankee, great. But yeah, I mean, I think just a lot, of, a lot of their team right now, the White Sox, I'm still on. Uh, they just have a lot of talent. It's just you don't really know what all what they're all gonna do. I mean, like Luis Robert, like Kids elite healthy. talent, but yeah. you don't know what he's gonna do. Same thing with uh, uh, Jimenez. Like, well, Jimenez, yeah, he's good. He was another guy that got hurt. Very yeah. and Moncada too. I mean, just a lot of talent, but yeah. kind of volatile with what they put out every single year. So, uh, if they could all put it together, this could be a very fast rising team. But don't really know. Yeah, I mean, they're right on the border. I'd say of being a playoff team. I mean, it's going to be a tough division, obviously, yeah. probably with with Cleveland being there as well. Probably Cleveland gets in. I'd imagine Minnesota. I think gets in or be right at the border. I think it might be tough for the White Sox fan. But it is the thing. If they just figure it out, the consistency part, they do have a good enough lineup. Tim Anderson's yeah. one of the best yeah. one of the best contact hitters in baseball. Yeah. Every single I day mean, he gets a hit. Yeah, I mean, he was up there in the MVP. I mean, or, you know, besides... But I think everybody's up there always, But besides, yeah. you know, the two guys who were running away with it, I think he was top 10 he was, last yeah. year. Um, got a little power, too. He's a good player. Yeah, one of, one of the best shortstops in the league. Definitely. Um, I'd agree with that, yeah. They have a decent lineup, like you said. Good lineup. Yeah, I mean, really, one through six, they, you know, there's not not a bad hitter there. Yeah, Yeah, and then that Colas guy, Oscar Colas, right field, he's the number two prospect, it says here. So, see what he does, too. He's the right fielder for them. Yeah, in in my opinion, I don't think that the Guardians are really an elite talent, uh, talented team. So, I mean, if the White Sox can get on a run, they could easily overtake them, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I think the Guardians are a better team overall, but I'd say the White Sox have the chance, definitely. I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I would agree. I don't, if it, it'd be tougher for them, I don't know. If they were if they were on the same division as like the Astros or something, I don't think mm-hmm. they have a shot. But yeah. with the Cleveland's yeah. the best team in that division, I think they obviously could, could overtake them. I yeah, I think yeah. Cleveland is one of the worst number one teams in a division. 
Yeah. So. They score runs, though, but yeah, you're right. It's them and, and the and Cards. Yeah. The Cardinals. Cardinals are another team that's really just, you know, offensively, you know, heavy and pretty decent bullpen, but yeah. They're kind of just like one of those teams that's just like well-run. Cardinals? Yeah, to like make the playoffs almost every year. Yeah. They've and they make good moves. Also a terrible division. Yes, probably the worst division. <laughs> worst division. They make good moves, though. Uh, yeah. Which, I, that Beta from Montgomery trade was tough at first. Obviously, the Yankees fans were tough, were, you know, mad about that. But yeah. I think Beta's a good player. I think he even works off of both teams, honestly, to a degree. Yeah. To a degree, because Beta's I mean, still a Yankee, right? So you still have him. Beta's played about, like, four regular season games for them, maybe. In the playoffs, he was the best, best postseason <laughs> ever. the best Who knows? But Montgomery was unreal. He didn't get a run for, like, I think four starts. It was three or four starts with the Cardinals. But, you know, they make good moves, that team. And when they do sign big free agents or make big moves, getting Arenado or Goldschmidt, it works on them. Not every team takes those big swings and has it work. So it typically works for them, for the most part. Yeah. Um, so I think we're done with the White yeah, Sox. Yeah, d- done with the White Sox. So the last team in that division the is the Guardians. So we already started talking about the Guardians a little. Obviously, you have a perennial all-star and potential MVP candidate every single season, Jose Ramirez. I was on Jose Ramirez. was a very good baseball player. I never thought he was an MVP until probably about a year, probably last year. I looked at all his stats and his advanced stats, and I was like, wow, he's actually really is one of the best players in baseball. I always thought he was good, but I never thought that good until I looked at his advanced stats and, and mm-hmm. looked at his ability to hit the runners in scoring position. He could steal bases. He's... He has, he has one of the highest home run rates of a player while also having one of the lowest strikeout rates. Which is not a player, which is just a crazy combination. So crazy, like, yeah. Um I think the most interesting thing about them is the they are returning every single player in their lineup, except for Framil Reyes, who they for were the better. for the better, because <laughs> they replaced him with Josh Bell, who yeah. last year uh, started out with the Nationals, then got, them, yeah. was yeah. great, got traded to the Padres as a part of the Soto deal. Uh, Switch hitter, one of the best contact hitters, and one of the highest walk rates in the league. So great on-base guy. And then they're retaining every single player in the lineup and returning their entire rotation. Yeah. And they have have some young pieces there. Andres Jimenez, I think he was a Met, right? Didn't you trade him? Him and Rosario were in the Lindor trade. Who just signed uh, an extension. Yeah, shot seven years, right? Seven-year extension. Which is like... Which is nuts. A ridiculous underpass. How much money did you get? 105. Yeah, not much. Yeah. So now Seven years, 105. Between him and wow. J-Ram. 23 million for an eighth year club option. So. Yeah, between yeah. him and J-Ram, like, they have two excellent players signed for like basically no money. So nuts. 297 hit last or 837 OPS. 20, uh, 17 home runs, 69 RBIs, 20 stolen bases. Yeah, so I mean, still he, was, some bases he, was a, he was very good for the Mets in just his rookie year. Um, before we traded him, uh, I think he, he was playing mostly second for us because we still had uh, Rosario at short. We kind of just gave him our infield and said, here you go, uh, give us Lindor. So, I mean, you, kinda um, had to, you probably had to give him right young piece. I'd, had I'd, to. I'd say it worked out that, That's a win, man. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, it works for both <laughs> franchises, right? So it works. Uh, it just, it just kind of stunk seeing, uh, seeing Jimenez doing so well. Oh, yeah. um, and Rosario never put it together for the Mets, and he's, he's also doing fine for the uh, Guardians, so. Yeah, he actually was really good for them last year. He's one of the yeah. best hitters in the postseason, mm-hmm. actually, too. So interesting, though. Yeah, some guys have a change of scenery. It works. Yeah, he kind of just like seemed one, like one of those players that need like a smaller market to really uh, focus on himself. To flourish, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was good last year. Eleven home runs, two eighty three batting average, seven fifteen OPS. Yeah, he's so, one of the. He's like one of those like lanky hitters that kind of just if he connects with one, it can go five hundred feet. It's just. He doesn't really yeah. connect all all, yeah. all too often. You're right. He had uh he was seven to twenty nine the post. He's not that great of a batting average two forty. I did hit a home run though, which I remember I talked about it at some point in my podcast. Yeah. But 
But you're right, though. He's, he's solid talent. It's also the Guardians as a team are one of the most contact-oriented teams. Like, they, I believe, were first in batting average last year, but, like, bottom five in home runs. So I have a feeling that one of the reasons Rosario was able to turn it around is because most, I mean, most teams are asking guys to hit home runs mm-hmm. no matter what position they're playing in. For that approach works, I mean, on average, that approach works for most players, but there are certain players who make that move and then figure it out. Yeah, for I'm whatever with you there. reason. Similar, um, Brandon Drury <laughs> yeah. flamed out with the Mets and the Yankees. Goes to the Reds. Goes to the Reds, and they just say, well, go back to how you hit in college and just become smash. an all-star. Comes an all-star, gets traded. Shows how much we know. And now was an angel. Another reason yeah. I think the Andrews Drury actually went on this crazy run for the Mets where... Um, I think it was, so it wasn't last year, it was the year before, um, everybody in the Mets lineup was hurt, and he comes up and he's just absolutely lights out, like, pinch hitting, I think he was like 10 for 12 with like, with like Locked four in. homers Jeez. or something. It was Locked nuts. in. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he definitely figured it out with the Reds, and I can't remember who he was traded to. Uh, Padres. The Padres. Padres, now he's an yeah, angel. Yeah. Got, a, got a deal from the Angels. One year deal, though, from the Angels, I think it was. I think it was huh? one year, uh, which I thought was interesting. If I remember off the top of my head, yeah, I think it was one year. Homers. I think um, the reason he only got, I think his peripherals, like his uh, BABIP was like a little, sh- like it was very high. Ba- uh, should I explain? Like, you can, yeah, you can. Bat- yeah. So batting average uh, on balls in play, which is just. B-A-B-I-P, yeah. Right. Batting average uh, minus strikeouts and home runs, which throughout a player's career stays consistent. His is really high, which might just mean he's a good contact hitter, but. Generally, if you have a if you have a large sample size of a player, their BABIP usually stays constant. So when yeah. they see a player with a high BABIP, they're worried about regression. So mm-hmm. they might not be willing to offer such a big contract. I was looking at that. I, I saw yesterday someone made some statistic, an analytical uh, research guy looked on Twitter, and he had a whole uh, regression of like all the players that he thinks are going to do better this year in baseball by his metric, who's going to do worse. Drury was one of them, and Urshela both are going to regress, is what he said. Yeah. Which is tough for the Angels, my prediction, because I like both of those guys. Yeah. And Drury got a two-year, $17 million deal. Um, so, two-year, $17 really? million from I mean, the Angels. They had, him, they had him regressing, which I don't know if it's maybe because, like you were saying, I'm not I'm not sure if it's... Uh, well, it's, a sample. it's, it's also a sample size issue, because he's only had the one year as a starter. So, it might be this is who he is. Or it could be, like you were saying, the strategy of just go swing and hit home right, runs. Well, like, it, it could be that. Well, I don't know. It's just, as from like the stats perspective, you can't, you know... If he has this basically the same BABIP this year, they can look at him and say, okay, this is who he is as a player. But with just the one year, when you see a player with a BABIP that high, you have to assume it's... Um, more than due, BTI. You have yeah. to assume it's to, that he's due for regression. Yeah, so I was say more than BTI. Well, yeah, yeah. Definitely could could be up for a, a downhill uh, regression. But anyway. I, I, I like him, though. I'm yes. a fan of him. But... Yes. Um, uh, that has nothing to do with the Guardians. <laughs> no, I anyways. love it. Though. I love it, though. That's how we, that's how we do things, you know? Um, but in that Guardians rotation, though, Shane Bieber, obviously I, Cy Young I candidate. rotation. Yeah. Um, Aaron Savali, former Northeastern great. He actually struggled a little bit last season. He battled injuries the entire season. Never could really find his footing. They only had about three or four consecutive starts the whole season. He played four games, then get hurt, then come back for two games, then get hurt again, then play three games and get hurt again, play one game, get hurt again. He was hurt the entire season. Did pitch in that game against it was against the Yankees. Did he pitch? He pitched uh, in a wild card game, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he did. Because I, I remember I was very surprised to see him starting. I was like, whoa. He pitched in a wild card game, maybe, yeah. or maybe a big game against the Yankees, was it? Game six. Uh, or yeah, I want to say he pitched game. I 
kind of blocked out that that postseason. <laughs> uh, but he definitely pitched at least once in the. It was because he was their third pitcher. Yeah. Uh, they took Quantrill out of the rotation in the postseason. Game five ALDS. That's what it was. Yeah. They took pitch. Quantrill out of the rotation, and then Savali, I think, was injured or, or not. Coming Savali, back from the, um, uh, he was supposed to be a, a reliever for them, and then they. It, going to the postseason, please sack He was supposed to be a reliever going into the postseason, but I think they saw that you know everything went downhill. Yeah. And like, you're the only one that could actually start a game right yeah. now. So threw him in there. I don't even think he recorded an out. He might have got one out. I think. Yeah, but a few, good amount of runs in the first inning. Wasn't good. Uh, but I'm a fan of my star pitching Northeastern a good amount, and you had a lot of talent back then, and he's shown a lot of good stuff in the MLB. Just. Has really battled injuries, and I hopefully will you know we'll see him get back on track. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, Plesac as a star. I think he has a ton of potential. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he's uh, he kind of went viral for some of the plays he made in the field, like all these jump throws yeah. and slide throws behind the back and, and stuff, diving yeah. for the base and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he's doing a lot of things that makes you excited, but he also has some off the field uh, issues and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, if he can, if he can stay focused and really dial it in this year, I don't see why he can't be the number two in that rotation. Yeah, I would agree. Well, he can't be the number two because Tristan McKenzie is also great. Tristan and McKenzie, yeah, true, true. I mean, he's pretty young. I want to say twenty six. I guess yeah, twenty five, twenty six. And can look right now and make sure he made. The Yankees look pretty silly. 25. Yeah. 296 ERA last year, 11 11 yeah. record, 190 strikeouts, and 191 innings. Just want to strike out innings. Pretty good. Just, yeah, he's he's great. And you have to imagine that this year he continues to be great. I mean, he's 25. Like, yeah. And to be a starter that yeah. young is like so difficult. Definitely. Um, Especially with the expectations, probably. Oh, yeah. You step into that rotation, every pitch in the rotation is yes. typically good. So you step in yes. and have to be. I mean, Ka- even like Cal Quantrill, who we haven't said. Like, Cal Quantrill is like a solid good player, yeah. starter, and he's going to be probably their worst pitcher. He'd be the Sox one or two. Right. Probably two, but yeah. Uh, I just see, I just saw Mackenzie's from Brooklyn, New York, so that's probably why he likes to play the Yankees. Maybe grow up a Yankees fan. It's, wants to show them up. They just, you know, they're ma- they make them different there. They do. <laughs> they do. Um, and then one other guy in that lineup we didn't really mention too much about, Stephen Kwan, really came into the picture oh, yeah. last year and was great for them in the postseason, oh, yeah. even the regular season. Was top of the MLB in batting average. Um, it was, I believe, rookie of the year, if I remember right. I think he was rookie of the year. Uh, J-Rod was. J-Rod was? Okay, maybe, wow. maybe second. He was second. He was, last, year, last year was a very You're right, J-Rod tough was year for rookie. Really. It would have been rookie of the year like the Any last 10 year. years. Mm-hmm. But J-Rod was in there. Besides but, the judge year, probably yes. rookie of the year, yeah. I would agree with you. Even the Otani year. Every other year, probably would be rookie of the year. I'd agree. Um, but yeah, Kwan's a very good player. Decent line, decent you know lineup. Obviously, all around the great pitching as well. They'll probably win that division, even though it's like Dan said, which I would agree, probably the weakest of the one teams. You know, one seeds from each. Division. I think they're probably better than the Cardinals, personally. I think it's close. Probably they probably have a better rotation than the Cardinals. Maybe I would give them the edge over the Cardinals. I would say yeah, they're definitely the bottom two, number one. Yeah, yeah. It's I just the central divisions are just that's where all you know they're struggling. Yeah, yeah, struggling. <laughs> I would agree with you there. Um, anything else to add on them? Uh. There's just some just some Yankee favorites, uh, Josh Naylor and Miles Straw in that yeah, lineup. But, all, uh, all, of our yeah. favorites, all of our favorites. <laughs> Every player in the world. Yeah. Terry Francona, too. Yes, Terry. Favorite uh, manager. Terry. They're going to be rocking their Tito. baby all the way to first in the division. <laughs> With that division, yeah. Yes. I, I love Terry Francona. Great manager. And uh, me and my dad actually met him at a BC football game. I think it was last year. He was uh, still getting treatment. Uh, for cancer, so he was in a wheelchair, and wow. it was right outside of Conti Forum. Uh, no, it was it was outside the gym actually. It was outside the Plex. 
Um, and he was there because his daughter is, I believe, the associate athletic director for something in the, in the oh, athletic wow. department. And he was there with her. I think it was. She had a badge and everything. And she was pushing him. And my, me and my dad were walking. I was like, Dad, is that Terry Franconi? was no way. I was like, yeah, it's him. So we went over just at high rate break. He didn't really give us a great conversation. He was, you know, tough situation. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. He was probably just trying to get through the crowd because it was packed trying to get into the game. But mm-hmm. he did say hello, which I thought was cool. Um, I did meet Trot Nixon this weekend. <laughs> so it's a random player, but awesome. I did meet Trot Nixon, uh, former Red Sox legend, huh? Uh, World Series champ. Um, his son actually plays baseball for NC State. Oh, um, cool. Chase Nixon. So I got to meet him. He was cool. I talked to him for a minute. So Trot random Chase. Man. Trot Ex- Chase. Excellent baseball player name. Well, he played for the, played for Cleveland, and we're talking. You know, yeah. as we met Terry Francona, so I just connected. All he played for yeah, Francona. There so we go. Connected. Uh, Maybe we before we jump to another division. Maybe we jump to the Mets and talk about them before you go around sure. radar. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk yeah. Mets before we jump yeah. into you know the other two divisions of the AL. Um, let's talk Mets. Obviously, active offseason. Justin Verlander, probably the biggest piece of the offseason. I th- probably the best pitcher on the market besides I guess Degrom. You, you went with one, and you let yeah. the other one go. So two great players there. Obviously, so you're picking and choosing between one or the other, and then mm-hmm. also. The whole career side we already broke down, but you yeah. also got a couple other pieces too. You re-signed yeah. Ottavino. Mm-hmm. Gave Edwin Diaz that big contract. Obviously, they yep. didn't work out with the injury. Um, signed, I think the long term will be fine. Brandon Nimmo got a big deal. Yeah, a huge deal. Uh, thankfully, signed uh, Robertson. Dave uh, Robertson, yeah. yes. So he could slot into that closer role behind. Ottavino could even be a, the, the yeah. eight inning. Ottavino eight inning had yeah. like a two oh eight ERA last year. So Yankee he, legend. He could do it as well. Um, you do not want Ottavino closing. That's he all was, I'll he say. Was, he was great as a setup man last year. But That's probably yeah, we'll he, He's an eighth inning guy. He's he not a ninth he, inning guy. He, he did give us a few headaches last year. Um, and then, I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, bringing in Kodai Senga. I didn't mention it. Oh, I forgot about Senga. Forgot um, about him. Wow. Mets also traded for uh, Brooks uh, Rayleigh from the yep. um, from the Rays. Rays, yeah. Um, that's probably... Oh, also signed uh, Omar Narvaez as catcher. Oh, yeah. He was an all-star. Um, 2020, two I years believe. ago. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I'm not expecting too much out of him. Um, just to kind of slot into the into the catching role for the next year or so until uh, Alvarez is ready um, to catch for them. Um, but overall, I mean, I again, I would have loved to have Correa, but, I mean, Mets are in a position right now with the team that they have, even without Diaz, to be top three, top four in the MLB. And they're still top three, top four World Series favorites, even without Diaz. Um, I'm a little yeah. scared about their bullpen just because they don't have him and their bullpen wasn't all that great last year outside of Diaz and Adovino. Um But, I mean, they do have a lot of pieces that can fill into the back end of that rotation. They have a guy who was pumping 100 miles an hour um, every single pitch uh, in spring training, and sure enough, he had forearm tightness like the next day. So he's out for like a month. So That's how it goes. So. <laughs> Those hundred mile an hour guys. Yeah. So I mean, so so Mets fans were really high on him, but uh, they'll 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 have some pieces in that bullpen that can hopefully step up. Like they got a few guys like Drew Smith, someone who's had consistently like a three ERA three ERA in that bullpen. Yeah. So he'll take on a bigger role. Um, he did a little bit of that last year. And thankfully, uh, Mets got rid of uh, Joelle Rodriguez. I was just saying, Red Sox took off your hands. The Red Sox took him off your hands. I was just going to mention him. He's a lefty, right? So, I mean, I guess that's yeah. part of the reason. And I mean, in all fairness, but... that trade with the Yankees was probably a lose-lose for both teams. Uh, Yankees getting Miguel Castro. Um... He was all right before he got hurt. He wasn't bad. Yeah, he was bad for we, the Mets. We, had, Dan, we Dan, had so Dan many bullpen injuries that he was solid. He wasn't terrible. He was not as bad as uh, what's his name was for you. Yeah, you guys had a ton of injuries that year. The Yankees. Yeah, Chad Green was the only guy out there that could say healthy. It, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was so tough for the Mets because they would bring in Joely for any big lefty so many times against Juan Soto, and especially when he was on the Nationals. Um, and, I mean, any single time you would come into the game, it doesn't matter if the team is up by seven or something, you could be like, oh, no, what are we Here doing? Comes, yeah. Because every single time he comes in, it's he didn't really have too much of a problem with walking guys for the Mets. It was just every single time he would just get lit up. So yeah, hard. I mean, the was, Red Sox are going to see that. It was tough with him, but also even before they got him with Miguel Castro, there was one Mets game I went to. Uh, the ground was on the hill. Um, I think he gave up like two hits or something over, geez, what was it? I think six innings, and he had two RBIs in that game. So single-handedly, oh, yes, 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 I remember that game. He carried that game. It was the I think it was the first game at City Field that. Um, the stadium was back at full capacity or something, and so awesome. I, I was at yeah. that game. And they take him out in the at the end of the sixth when he was only at like eighty pitches, and everyone was like, "What is going on?" And sure enough, that was the first of one of his like eight injuries that year. And then he didn't end up pitching the second half. That was sorry, I think that was two years ago. Um, yeah, it was the full capacity uh, June of twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, the full yeah. capacity. I think that's um, what Fenway did right around then. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. And, yeah, so my point with that was uh, they brought in Castro after that, and immediately he gave up, like, two runs, and the Mets were only up 3-2. They wound up sticking out 1-3-2 that day, but, jeez, that, was, that was when I realized Castro was a big problem with this a cla- team. A classic DeGrom no decision <laughs> is really yes. the story. Because he won the Cy Young with, like, 11 wins that year, right? Cause he won the losing record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 yeah. wins, you think he had that year or something? He's like 10 and 11 or something, right? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't I his mean, fault, though. It was just no yeah. offensive production. I mean, it's part of the game. You have to have some offensive yeah. help, right? And, and I mean, since, since then, Mets have managed to turn around it, uh, turn around with that lineup that they have. I think bringing in Marte was very underrated signing. I told you they um, signed Marte, so that's a huge signing. I love getting, Marte. Yeah, he's great. Like, he's getting less than $20 million for the next three years. Can steal um, bases, get, has each, a little power, year, good I mean, glove. They have a ton of Stays healthy. Um, so, I mean, with him and Nimmo at the top, um, I think that's a very good one, too. And then Pete at number three, that's very good as well. And Canna, too, um, they got in the offseason last year. Yeah, Ken is a very interesting player because he's you could you could tell when he's in the on deck circle that he's really thinking about what the pitcher's going to do. Um, he's one of those type of hitters that is always thinking about where he is in the count and what the pitcher's going to throw. Um, so I mean, sometimes that's a blessing and a curse because then you get like in like an A Rod situation where he just gets a fastball right down the middle and he does nothing <laughs> with it. Um, but I mean, no A Rod slander here. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but I, I do I, like Aaron. I, though. I, uh, I like Canada as a guy in in the middle of that lineup. Um, very good for the clubhouse as well. And obviously, I love my guy, uh, Vogie Burgers. Yeah. Definitely. Vogelbach. <laughs> yeah. No, he was actually he was good for you guys when you guys picked him up, right? The he, mid-season last year. Yeah, he, he, he absolutely kills righties. Um, it was just it was just the other side of that uh, DH platoon that was a problem with Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff, DFA. Um, yeah, so D, uh, <laughs> giving him the DFA was probably for the best. Designated from assignment, um, yeah. But what didn't make sense was the, the Mets have another guy uh, who he's kind of like between first baseman and third baseman, not, not a great defensive guy. Um, Mark Vientos, I think he's their number five or number five he's or young, six right? prospect yeah. right now. Um, and he had like... 20-something homers, hit, like, 270 in AAA, and everyone was thinking that they were going to call him up after 
um, Beatty being sent down, but they also sent him down. So it was like, well, who's going to take that other side of the platoon now when I think that's going to go to Tommy Pham for the time being? So. He was actually decent for the Sox at one point last year. We got him in-season for the Reds right, in the trade yeah. deadline, but it wasn't great, but he was, he was good enough to yeah, get some, yeah. you know, every other game, you know, uh, time. Yeah, you know? so, I mean, I think they got him with the idea that he was going to be their fourth outfielder because they needed one after the whole Khalil Lee saga, but... Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see how he does in the in the DH platoon for the time being. Um, I think I think he's just there to hold that down until either Beatty or um, or Vientos is ready to take over in either the platoon or third base. Because if Beatty comes up and plays third base full time, then they could switch over Escobar to take that other side of the uh, yeah. platoon. Because the Escobar is much better from the right side of the plate than the left. Um, like. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Are you fine? Jeez, he was... The eye test. It's like, <laughs> he, he, was, he does look lost when he's against... Nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. I think he had a, I think he had a big homer against uh, Montgomery, it was, I think. In Jordan the, Montgomery? In the, in, the, in the Subway series. Um, it was definitely from the right side of the plate, so I don't think the Yankees had too many lefties. Um, no. It probably wasn't, probably wasn't Nestor, because Nestor doesn't go pit, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Nestor, never. <laughs> No. Um, but, I mean, all in all, I think uh, Mets are in, a good, yeah. are in a good spot. Would have liked them to improve the lineup a little bit more than they did, but, I mean, you can't really ask for everything. They already brought in Verlander. And Quintana. And Quintana, so. we forgot to mention, right? Yeah, yeah. Did they get him? They didn't uh, mention him, but he's on the... Did you mention him? I thought you did. I thought, I thought so he's out until July because he had a rib uh, surgery or something. Um, so... He's he's out before he even started, so uh, um, hopefully when he gets back, he'll be able to take over that number four starter role um, because Carrasco at number four is a little uh, makes me a little bit nervous. But um, Mets also have uh, David Peterson uh, has been very solid lefty for them for the past three years or so. Um, there was just not a whole lot of consistency from him. Um, he was great as a rookie, but. Um, not a whole lot of consistency from him, and if he could find that, I mean, he was absolutely filthy in uh, spring training this year. Um, he should be able to surpass uh, Carrasco in terms of his stats that he produces because Carrasco was not very good last year. So, Is there a chance that uh, Peterson gets moved to the bullpen after Quintana comes back? So, I mean, I don't know what their plan is with Carrasco because if Carrasco's pitching horribly then they might have to either right, ties with him, him try him in yeah. the bullpen like Peterson has shown and he he uh he pitched a little bit in the in the bullpen when the rosters expanded last year um and it was kind of a mixed bag like there were some times that he had zero control and there were also some times that he struck out the side so mm. um we'll see what he could do um he has a very very good change up as a lefty and he can also throw 97 so yeah. Um, and they do kind of need a lefty in the rotation. Yes, so. absolutely, absolutely. Lefties, lefties was the big problem with their rotation and the bullpen, bullpen rotation last too. year yeah. because Joelli was the only one in on the roster that was yeah. a lefty. So I think um, I think with the Edmund Diaz injury, it's a tough loss losing mm-hmm. him for the year. But I think you guys have enough depth on your major league team, even your minor league team too. If you guys were to get yeah. to position, let's say in May. Well, the Red Sox probably should have done this last yeah. year. We were blowing games in May and June, but we just mm-hmm. chose to neglect the closer, closing role, and we just did the, oh, we'll just try to figure out the guys we have on the team. Blew a lot of games because I think if the Mets were to get in a position where they're losing yeah. games because that, they would go and make a trade because you guys have the yeah, luxury to be true. able to move 
anyone in your farm system, you guys have a great farm system, a lot of yeah. top prospects. Even on your major league roster, a lot of depth. Yeah. Especially early in the season, teams mm-hmm. will still take major league players. When you get toward mm-hmm. the middle of the season, you're trading with teams like the Reds, they really want prospects yeah. for the most part. But beginning of the season, teams will still take current players for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if they were to, say, move like a like an Alex Ramirez, maybe like a like a Jet Williams, like two guys that are on the cusp of like their top five prospects. Williams um, is the first rounder, right? Yeah, so, so it'd be tough to trade him. But. Still on the still on the younger side, so not there. So they're not trading like a Beatty or Alvarez, those yeah, type of no. players. Um, and it seems like the Mets really like Parada as well. So I don't think they want Parada's to trade him yet. He had a home run today. Um, he had his first. Uh, oh really? Home run of the season. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, heard about it. I heard about it. I mean, just started, so I guess um, first home yeah. run of the season, anyways. But yeah, <laughs> I just saw it today. Um, you were right, exa- uh, exactly right about Eduardo Escobar. Two sixty three batting average as a righty versus left handed pitches, with an eight twenty seven OPS. Flip it. As a lefty hitter versus a righty pitcher, 231 batting average, so 263 down to 231. OPS went down a ton, 827 to 681. So almost 100, there you go. 140, 150 points where right is, there. Where is home run totals? 11 against uh, righty. So more home runs against righties, but he also had a lot more at-bats. Yeah. 333 at-bats and 11 home runs. Nine uh, homers? Was nine it? homers, drilled it in 172 plate appearances. Yeah. Uh, so 368 plate appearances as a so righty. So half as many plate appearances. Or, or, you know, against almost, righties, yeah. yes. And the home run totally, if you divided that, yeah, he's doing a lot better, you know, home runs per at-bat versus yeah. uh, the lefties. But impressive, obviously, with the OPS being that much of a difference. 150 mm-hmm. is a, a good amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big difference there. So you were right about that. You drove that. You knew the home run total, too. Look at him. He's like, you do. He has the numbers. I love it. <laughs> yeah, because I remember, I like, it. everyone was making a big deal that he reached 20 homers, and they were saying, like, yeah, great season from Escobar. And I was like, did you not uh, see the first, like, five months of the season? He was horrible. So. <laughs> Didn't he heat up, though, at one point in the season, though, like August yeah, or July? Did. I, think, I think he did. I think it was September. He September, was, yeah. He, he was, was so – he was crushing it. Yeah, I think September he was absolutely killing no one, it. No one cares how you play in April. Like, no one cares how you play in it was, September. It was it's April, it was April May, runs. June, July. Just horrible. So here's the splits. <laughs> a, uh, so I'll start with, I guess, April, March was 253, which I guess around his career yeah. average anyways. But after that, May, 212 batting average. June, 207. July, 220. August, only 14 games, nine starts. So he's getting platooned at that point heavily. 100, uh, 177 was his batting average. Then you look at September, October, though, 30 games played, eight home runs, really good, 25 RBIs, 321 batting average, 982 OPS. He heated up. Yeah, he said something in May that was like, yeah, like, uh, I'm just waiting, and Mets fans, you will find the reason to cheer for me. And it was, I was waiting, I was waiting May, I was <laughs> waiting June. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and you got there. September, I guess it was coming, but by then, the <laughs> the Braves already passed the Mets, and I was like, well, you're too late, dude. <laughs> yeah, he did He did come on late. Did have a 385 base percentage in uh, September, October, too. So it's pretty impressive finish of the year. Yeah. It's very September, because they only played about two or three regular seasons against probably October, but... Month of September, he was great. Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Mets also have a guy, uh, Luis Guillorme, who very, yeah, very he's much, some time, only, has he? very much only contact hitter. But I mean, if you leave any part of the left uh, the left side of the infield open, he will just slap it there. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's taken away some of those uh, right handed uh, pitchers away from Escobar, so they can relieve some of that uh, <laughs> lefty Escobar <laughs> madness. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, we'll see. I, I would agree with you there, though. Probably the platoon yet again with, with those guys. Yeah, because um, uh, Buck really loves uh, Luis. Platooning. Yeah. He likes platooning, too, right? Yeah. He's been doing yeah. that his whole career with guys in the Yeah, I mean, even now. the only problem with it is that you, you need to get guys consistent at-bats, and I think that's part of the reason why Ruff was so bad for the Mets, because we pretty much exclusively had him against lefties. And lefties aren't that common. Right, I mean, yeah. You're right. Like, like, he started, like, one every, like, 
four games, maybe. Yeah, he can't really get consistent. And he had a few like pinch hit at bats, but which is even worse. Yeah. That's like if someone's <laughs> yeah, not in a group, you can't get it. Mean, that's why, that's yeah. why he hit like one oh six or whatever he hit last year. So it's I mean it's 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 a very tough position to be in as a hitter. So like I don't blame him too much, but he did not succeed with the Mets, and it was best to cut ties with him there. I would agree with you, yeah. It was just not going to work. And I think Buck said the same thing. He was like, it was one of the toughest decisions, we, or one of the toughest uh, interactions I've had to do as a manager, but I think it works the best for both sides. For nice guy. I actually yeah. met him when he was a Philly in yeah. 2014 and 15. Because yeah. I met Ryan Howard. I, you know, my grandfather was a Philly fan, so I met the Phillies uh, on the field at Fenway, and I, mm-hmm. I got a picture of him. Didn't talk to him much, maybe 35, 40 seconds. He did sign an autograph and stuff, which was cool. Nice guy. Then, yeah, so. it just, I imagine he's still it, a good guy. It really stunk because uh, the Mets get, had to give up, like, Mets had to give up J.D. Davis, who ended up being tremendous for the Giants. Yeah, he turned it around, actually. He turned it up. Yeah. He he was another guy that just... He was a great fantasy baseball pickup at the end of the season. He was another guy that the Mets kind of, like, he wasn't going to do it for the Mets. I mean, he had one, like, great year where he hit, like, 280 and had 20 homers or something, and then just never replicated that in the slightest bit. Um, But, like, had to give up him and, like their number 10 prospect or something, and then another, like, two prospects that were probably going to be ranked inside the top 20 um, if they were in this year. But, I mean, what are you going to do? If if, if if Ruff turned it around and hit, like, 250 and had a bunch of homers, I would be saying, oh, great trade. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't look back on it based on results. So. Hindsight, it's tough. Yeah. Um, one question I want to ask you, I know you're going to be dipping in a second. One question I want to ask before you go, ask Dylan as well. What are your expectations of Verlander going into the year? Obviously, he's coming off probably his best season of his career. Cy Young, looking at stats here, 175 ERA, 18-4 record. His mm-hmm. best ERA of his career, 18 wins. His most, besides 2019, since 2011. He had 24 in 2011, did have 21 in 2019. But second highest win total since 2011, which is really impressive. Best ERA, 175, 175 innings pitched. So he stayed healthy, too. That was one thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he missed all of 2021, coming back from that Tommy John surgery was great, mm-hmm. 2022. What are your expectations going into the year for him? And then get Dylan's opinion on that, too. Yeah, so I think that one, what did you say? 175, which I don't always do 175 again. You'd probably take two, three and be happy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 175 is definitely not sustainable. But, I mean, I'm expecting somewhere in the two, three, two, five range. Um, I mean, even even like a two, two, seven, I'd be happy with. Just because, I mean, you get that from your number two starter because uh, you're in a I very think, good spot <laughs> because i mean scherzer's like their number one just because he's been there but um i mean yeah he's getting 40 million but yeah like two seven i would be thrilled with and i th- i don't i don't see why he can't get sub two three so yeah. um just absolutely technical pitcher um just knows the game uh like just absolutely knows the game so i mean yeah I think I think it's a great signing, even though he's getting a boatload of money over these next three years. But I mean, like, like what's the alternative? They could have said, "Hey, we'll sign you for six years for thirty million each year," mm-hmm. and then you're on the then you're on the shelf for yeah. until he's forty five. So definitely, I mean, I think I think it was good signing, and I'm liking what I'm what we're gonna see from him. And Sanga is a huge wild card for them because he, I mean, he could be like Yankee yeah. Tanaka. Um, and he has this ghost fork pitch that I've heard a lot about, yeah. which um, could be just like Tanaka's split. Split, so, right? Yeah, yeah, split, right. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, he could be like he could be like a number one ace on some teams if if he lives up to his potential. But I mean, I'm not expecting too much, so I'm expecting somewhere know, in the I'm expecting somewhere in like the three three, three Fisenga? four for Senga, um, just because it's going to take him a little bit of time to um, adjust to major league hitting um, as opposed to what he was seeing uh, overseas. But I mean. If, if 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 we can get somewhere like sub three from him first year, I'd be absolutely thrilled. I was gonna say hot take. I was gonna say Senga two nine before he even gave a three yeah. three four. I was gonna say two eight two yeah. nine. I think I, was, I think he could yeah. be from watch his highlights. As I said, I didn't watch yeah. his games overseas. Yeah. Like he said, but watch his highlights. I mean, he's a lot of yeah because he could get up to triple digits, but he can also just wipe you out with that uh, ghost fork that he yeah. has. He's heavily pursued too. You guys, yeah. you guys got him. Like the Yankees yeah. were interested. I think the Red Sox. Yeah. Were interested. Yeah. Just, just about well, every team, yeah. yeah. all the big ones, Dodges. Yeah. Yankees. All the teams with international pool money yeah. thrown it at them. We're yeah, interested. The, yeah, the Tolly was telling me, like, oh, yeah, like, the Padres are going to get him. Well, they're paying everyone in their mothers, right? right? They're not yeah. really going to find a way to really pay anyone else in a couple years <laughs> with that Bogots contract and everyone else. They still have to pay Soto, so yeah. they'll, be, they'll be in trouble in a couple years. If, if they win a World Series, it's worth it. If they don't, I mean, it'd be a failure if they don't. Um, but for the Mets, so, yeah, I would agree with those expectations for those two guys. What do you think yeah. about for Orlando, though? Uh, I will have to admit I'm biased. I don't like Verlander, and I like Max Scherzer way better. Scherzer's uh, still the one, though, so that's good. Which I think Scherzer's the better pitcher, and I don't know. Um, their rotation's going to be great. I mean, the only issue is if people get hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to, you know... I think the alternative, like we were saying, is like... The alternative to signing Verlander was signing DeGrom, and I think... Given that choice, signing Verlander just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Verlander yeah. was healthy, and Degrom hasn't been able to stay healthy, and yeah. it's yeah. been such a consistent issue that mm-hmm. even if Verlander did f- like fall off significantly or just revert to being you know just a good pitcher and not the Cy Young winner, it's still better than only you know how many starts did. Uh, Degrom of last year, he, he did not pitch the first half. So. Like right, 15, <laughs> like and, fifteen, maybe as a guess. Yeah, so tell you right now, uh, five and four record in it was eleven starts. Eleven, yeah. Five so and four record three away so from ERA. Given that he just got a massive contract from Texas, five is one eighty five. Yeah, no, they made the absolute right decision by going after Verlander instead. So yeah. yeah. I would agree. I think good things to the Mets. Anything yeah. you just want to add in? I know you're going to go. But. Yeah, I mean, it stumped because, I mean, he was definitely a fan favorite. I mean, at that one game that I referenced, like, everyone was chanting MVP. Like, this oh, stud. he was going yeah. absolutely nuts. And, I mean, he's been with the team since 2014 when he came up. Yeah. So, I mean, seeing him go, I mean. He's like he's, the last member of that team. Yeah, the, I mean, team, yeah. the next old, uh, longest uh, tenured Met, I think, is Nemo now. And Nemo, Nemo and didn't come up until 2017, probably like 17, 18. That's crazy. Um, which, yeah, it's 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 a little nuts because uh, Mets had this uh, had a rotation from 2015 where they had uh, Harvey, Degrom, Syndergaard, uh, Wheeler, Syndergaard, Stephen Matz. Stephen Matz, my boy. Uh, Wheeler was actually hurt that year, but uh, I think they had Bartolo Colon in that rotation. Yes, they did. They did have Colon, and that was the year he hit the home run. Yeah, (laughs) sexy. Against against the Padres. Yes. Was. (laughs) James Shields. Yeah, yeah, he drove that. I forgot about Bartolo Colon being there. Jeez. He was was, uh, was, was a couple of years, right? But yeah, that was like... That was like the glory rotation for them, and it just was never really put together because Matt Harvey had his off the field issues, and Syndergaard was hurt a bunch. And Matt's the, the only one that was healthy. Degrom really didn't have injury troubles until like twenty eighteen. Yeah, um, he actually had Tommy John when he was in the minors, but that's um, what he's not throwing fast though, like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. He's yeah. hitting like a hundred consistently. Yeah, 
and he had the back-to-back Cy Youngs. And, I mean, so it stinks as a Met fan because of what could have been, but, I mean, and he was a, he was definitely a fan favorite on the Mets, but between, like you said, between him and Verlander, you definitely take the Verlander for those three years. Definitely. Yeah. And I would take Scherzer still probably mm-hmm. overall three, just oh, yeah, for one year. So you have two of the three far. best. That's an expensive. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like you're losing one and now Verlander is your watch, even that would be fine. You still have Max Scherzer, too. So yeah. I think that was also a cushion mm-hmm. where if DeGrom leaves, okay, worst case scenario, we just have Scherzer and then you have Senga. Yeah. Then you add in a guy like Verlander. You guys are in a great position there. You guys had a, yeah. lot, of, you guys had a lot of leverage there, honestly, to a degree, yeah. because you – could sign anyone you want with the money you can spend, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love Scherzer. Um, he's like, he was immediately like the new fan favorite when he came in. Uh, just with, <laughs> just all the antics that he does on the mound and all the energy, and his psycho out. intensity. <laughs> yes, it's, it's like <laughs> that. Eyes, he's, yeah. he's, he's fuming. He's a, mad. I as love As a Met it. fan, seeing him, um, he's yelling. I love it. As a Met fan, seeing him on the Nationals, you hated that guy with oh, all yeah. your guts. But then he comes over, and you're like, this guy's the best, the best dude in the world. Uh, because he just, you can just see he cares like so much, yeah. and wants to <laughs> when, win. Whenever he gives up a hit, he's just like he's I love that he's just around. phase. You see him yeah. screaming, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's yeah, always I, mad. I, I, I love him as a pitcher, and and we'll see what happens. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Excited for the Mets, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting times in uh, New York, both teams. Yeah, I always yeah. say sports are better, which. I say about Boston sports and New York sports in general. I always say sports are always better when New York and Boston, both New York teams, that is, yeah. are good. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's competitive, obviously, build, yeah. brings an edge. When you have New York and Boston playing each other in any sport, there's going to be people that want to watch when they're both good. It creates, mm-hmm. you know, obviously elevation. Obviously, Yankees and Red Sox being in the same division, the rivalry, that's obviously big. But Yankees-Mets, mm-hmm. too, that's an even yeah. you know, big yeah. one just across town, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I wonder where the Mets would be if they still had the Wilpons as owners. That's <laughs> <laughs> New ownership's a big, well, big thing. That's a big step forward. Uh, You're right. I think you. I think they be, would still have Cespedes. You probably, probably. Would feel like what and the Cano. Angels are doing right now. And Cano, the Angels. I was yeah. just gonna say the Angels gonna get Johnny Moreno. <laughs> Once Moreno's gone, flip the switch. It's gonna be a great team, I think. But we'll see. But yeah, thank God they uh, got rid of them. Oh, yeah. But uh, anything else you want to add in? I know you got a dip, so don't want to hold you. But. Gotcha. Anything you want to add in? Go Mets. I know you've obviously a big day Thursday. Yeah, go Mets. <laughs> so have you win, obviously, at some point uh, to talk everything else Mets, which we didn't do any predict- predictions, but if you were to say a World Series prediction, I know this is tough on the spot here. If you don't have it, you can say you can come back in a week or two and give it. So, I mean, on the spot's tough, but right before you dip. I'll say other than Mets, because obviously I'm biased. Um, it's not Mets. I'll go Blue Jays. I like from what I saw Okay. from their rotation and their lineup. I think they're very deep. And I, know you don't, and I know you don't want to hear that one. <laughs> uh, it's tough. It's tough, yeah, because the Blue Jays love playing the Red Sox. They blew up, They blew us out a 27-5 game. I lost all respect. So, not a big fan of them, but they do have a really good I mean, team. So I mean, yeah, when they, they brought in Bassett, and he's he's another guy Before. that kind of has that Scherzer energy. Like, I think it was first month of the season last year. Um, he was down 3-0 against Soto and just pumped him with three high fastballs in a row, struck him out. And reporters were like... Uh, did you have, like, a plan, like, going in, like, that you were going to, like, throw the fastball against Soto? Like, did someone tell you about, like, fastball? And he said, uh, no, not really. It's just I don't really care who you are, but um, when you're up against me, I'm going to challenge you. And <laughs> he's right. He's, he's yeah. kind of got that dog mentality in him, so, I mean. The Clipper mentality. Yeah, no <laughs> dog mentality. Yeah. <laughs> they found their identity last night. We're not going to jump into the question. They did find their identity last night. That team's different now. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think he got, like, Four years for eighty million or something, something like that. that. Yeah, or, just for yeah. twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, he deserves it. He's a very good pitcher. I love from what I saw him. Um, Senga took his spot basically in the rotation. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a one for one there, and 
Timothy Verlander and yeah, I mean, what, whatever the Mets can get from Quintana in the second half of the year, um, we'll take. Um, yeah, we'll I like the Mets, even though with the injuries, like you said, I, I just didn't think it'd be a World Series team. But still, probably winning the NL. Yeah, NL they in have, my eyes. <laughs> even with Quintana on the shelf, they have more healthy pitchers than the Yanks. So true, <laughs> true, 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 yeah. true. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. But hey, Dan, thank you so much right. for coming in. Much appreciated having you in the studio, the King of Hasbrook Heights, Dan, the man himself. <laughs> Big New York Giants fan as well, which you gotta have, we have yeah. we have both of you guys in to talk about the NFL draft. That's not now, a month from now, yeah. but yeah, it actually is a month from now, just about a month from probably this Thursday it'll be. So we'll have you talk about the NFL draft and obviously maybe give more predictions sure. about the MLB yeah, before yeah, then. Yeah. But thank you for coming in, Dan. Much appreciated. Of course, thank you guys for having me.